history of personal computing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to show 54 of the History of Personal Computing eBay edition podcast for Sunday, December 18th. We've decided to start recording the show on Sundays from now on. So this will be the time uh, every two weeks that we'll record and upload the show, hopefully almost always on Sunday evening. And so on today's show, we begin our look at the uh, we move on from uh, the, the PDAs technically and we look at what was temporarily, at the time, humbled third tier of personal computing, which was the organizer. So we'll talk more about that in just a few. I'm David Grillish, and I'm joined by Jeff Salzman. Hi, Jeff. Anything hey. to do with you? Oh, yeah. We're down to like 20 degrees here wow. in Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, it's been cold new. here, too, but not that cold. No, I, I don't. I kind of wish I was down south. Uh, new stuff for me. Um, well... I don't know I kind of segued it into my into the news section, but um, what new for me? I actually started picking up the guitar. Um, literally, I picked it up and hey, it looks yeah. cool. It put feels it great. I just put, put it back, back down. Put it away again for another ten years. <laughs> no, actually, I I told myself a long time ago I would learn to play guitar. Yeah. Fairly well by the time I was forty, uh-huh. and that failed. Um, and I said, okay, by the time I'm fifty, well, uh, I am fifty now. But I guess I still have a chance to to do this. So I uh, uh, and a lot of this came up because I was cleaning some things and I came across a guitar. Uh, a luthier friend of mine gave me years back. He made me a nice uh, custom made. Uh, um, I think it's called Dan Electro style uh, electric guitar. And um, so I can't just keep that put away. I I have to play it. And so that's what I started doing is uh, I picked it up again, dug out some old amplifiers. I used that Rocksmith program for the PC that lets me play along uh, uh, Guitar Hero style, but with a real guitar. That's hmm. one way to learn how to play it. Oh, yeah, that's neat. Software. And it uses a custom cable that it all comes in the package. It's, it's great. But uh, I dug up my old, well, my hand-me-down. Um, was it the white MacBook, whatever that is, from like 2009? I forget the what they call the different yeah, ones. Yeah, just a MacBook. Yeah, the MacBook. And I updated that with um, Sierra. And, okay. And with that cable, it's a USB cable with a guitar plug on the other end. It's basically a specialized sound card for a guitar. I plug that in uh, to the Mac, and GarageBand will work with it. And GarageBand will then act as a... Uh, a whole bunch of effects, guitar yeah, effects. Right. It, guitar it's a great program. I realized that was all built into the operating system. So that's another thing I do is I just fire that up and start, uh, you know, using the Mac as a as a uh, an amplifier with a full set of you know virtual pedals. Uh, so it's fun. I'm you know learning a few things and you know I tried doing this stuff before and I couldn't really pick it up but my way of learning is if I get frustrated or unable to do something I'll let it go for a while and then suddenly it starts becoming more natural for me it's like it takes time to sink in hmm. 
and and now I'm at a point where I can actually learn stuff, pick up on stuff, and it's it's fun. So who knows? Maybe uh, if I go to Kansas Fest next year, I'll bring a guitar along and just sing folk songs. <laughs> yeah, the but, MacBook is is still plenty capable enough to do, do all this that is stuff. The earliest model that Apple will support. I They'll run Sierra. Yeah, it runs Sierra, and it's not too bad. It's not not too much of a load on it, but I don't think it will support any newer versions, or at least nobody's expecting that it will. Because I think they actually cut it off mid two thousand nine. There's a there's an earlier two thousand nine version that mm-hmm. it won't run on, right? But have the later two thousand nine. Yeah, I think the earlier ones they only go to like Lion or something, a couple of versions older. Yeah, so but, I, I guess I should be happy that which Sierra is the most current. Yes, Sierra is the current ten point twelve. Yes. So, so tell everyone if they if they don't know or they don't subscribe or whatever about oh, the, the last show. Uh, some people may have already picked it up in their uh, uh, feed burner, their podcast um, software. But the uh, the last show you and I did, David, was uh, uh, show fifty two. Right. Show fifty three is out now, which has a new uh, co host. We're uh, Todd George, you may have heard him from Chicken Lips Radio and, and uh, uh, from some other stuff. He's active in the vintage computing community. Um, he and I are now kind of doing the original history of personal computing format. Right, that uh, we started off with. That we started off with. Um, so we'll have basically two tracks of history of personal computing, but we're going to just intermix them. Um, and See, we did one on the IBM PC, and it's a very long one. A um, lot of talk, little action, but uh, <laughs> we're still trying to find our footing. You know how how it is when uh, two new co-hosts come together. they got to kind of figure that out. Um, and we don't have, you know, we didn't have David's recording expertise, so we're, we're working it out. <laughs> um, we have GarageBand now. Yeah, I, I do That's have GarageBand, secret. and I should, I should do that. I should configure that and see about making that work. I do have a USB microphone um, that should work fine with it, and I, I, I could give that a shot. Uh, so, yeah, for those who like the eBay stuff, that's that's great. For those who like the original stuff, well, we're going to have that for you too. You just hear two different sets of voices, and I guess I'm the one who who plays uh, the same role on, on both. It, you know, it's kind of like a Star Trek thing. You know, <laughs> you got the same yeah. character playing two roles and or the same role in two different uh Two different shows. So I'm going to talk a little bit and remind some of our listeners who've been around for a while or and inform some of the new, newer listeners about the, the three tiers of personal computing. And in the show notes, there's going to be a link to an article I wrote some years ago, which I've been meaning to update uh, because I wrote it just when the iPad came out. So that was like 2010. So it's not that it's out of date per se, at least what it talks about, but it's, it's talking in the present tense of the iPad just came out. In any case, um, so in the show, Jeff, we have covered the the three tiers of personal computing. We're not quite done with the third tier. So just remind everyone, the first tier was of the personal computing was the you know the desktop, right? Obviously, was the logical first personal computers were desktop computers. Yes, they were big and heavy, and they certainly wouldn't fill in your lap. 
and they um and they were you know they were somewhat unique and different in a certain extent but they they were not portable they were desktop computers so the second tier of personal computing was established when um, portables came on the scene and portables went through a bit of an evolution first with uh, the luggables which were um sort of like big sewing machine case looking computers um the K Pros, the Osborne. Yep, Osborne ones are real good examples. And then ultimately, we got our our laptop form factor and that the notebook form factor, which, you know, in the modern sense, it would be ultra books and so on. So uh, thin and light, and uh, and ultimately the second tier. It took it a long time, but ultimately the second tier came up to the the power and the capabilities of the first tier, which obviously most of us use laptops now, primarily not desktops, even though they're still around. So then the third tier, the reason I bring this up is because today we're going to cover uh, the organizer. So last show we covered PDAs. Um, so something interesting happened. So in my article, I talk about this, um, about, and I used to do a presentation called the the evolution and de-evolution of the third tier of personal computing. So basically what my premise is about in the article anyway, is that the third tier has an int- interesting history. It, it, it um, Many different manufacturers, if people try to make this this handheld computing platform really be a practical, um, you know, solution for people, and it had very limited success, and it finally sort of ultimately failed by the by the early to mid '90s to the point of they mostly all went away, and the only thing that survived out of them were uh, organizers, and uh, like the ones we're going to talk about today, sort of technically are still PDAs, but. Um, uh, that could be a long discussion, but you know, an org, an, org, an organizer is generally a PIM, a personal information manager. So they do three main things that we all take for granted now, and we do them on our smartphones, which is you know, a contact manager, a calendar, right? And, and replace to-do your list. Rolodex, yeah, and exactly, your desk blotter, and yeah. and to do lists. Yep. And so, so today we'll be uh, talking about a couple of different uh, primary um, organizers. And then uh, actually next show, we're only going to spending today's show on that. Next show, we'll start, and I think we're going to do it over two shows, we'll start covering the smartphone. So basically, the the, the third tier sort of tried really hard to evolve into a, like a, an alternative to, to laptop computing and ultimately to like PDAs. And the reason, I know we talked about it before, the reason like Newtons and all those sort of failed were they were expensive. They were too big for one thing to be in your hand or in your pocket or whatever. And then they sort of uh, were overhyped and they didn't deliver a lot of things they promised. And so they weren't really feasible replacements, you know, to any kind of computer. Um, all right. So if anyone gets a chance read the article, I think it's, I think it's a good one. And I've done a different, a lot of presentations sort of based on that. And it talks a lot more about that. So back to today's show. Um, so this this is, of course, the podcast where we take an informal look at personal computing history through the lens of eBay auctions. So it's sort of like, Antiques Roadshow, but all about personal computers. So again, on today's show, we're covering uh, organizers, which are the humbled third tier. And we're specifically going to be looking at the Sharp Wizard series. And I mentioned the OZ9500 because it was sort of like uh, that particular line of organizers at its height. But, the but, swan song of yeah. PDAs. And then the other main one we're, we're going to talk about, and there'll be and possibly you or I, Jeff, chose some other notable ones, is the Palm yeah. Pilot. Plus, I have uh, I have my own little – keep some things in the drawers here. I actually yeah. have in front of me two different uh, PDAs. And now, when you say Sharp, you brought up uh, Sharp Wizard. Uh-huh. Um, 
it, you can also compare that to the Casio ones. Casio was a competing yep. company. I actually have a Casio business organizer scheduling system, the Boss B O S S S F sixty seven hundred, and then it's basically that. It's a little mini clamshell um, organizer with the calendar and stuff like that. And yep, and I remember those. Those were probably the most popular, actually, because yep. those kind of found until Palm Pilot sort of dominated. Those actually found sort of the sweet spot of capability and price point. It doesn't keep time very well. I know I set the time on this thing, but now it's telling me it's July 4th, 2016 at 2.42 p.m. <laughs> but but in looking at a lot of this stuff, you'll see that the term PDA sort of started to become very generic. And a lot of the organizers were called PDAs, where technically they kind of weren't. Um, because, you know, when John Scully of Apple Computer coined the term personal digital assistant, he had a obviously a more grandiose idea of what a PDA is supposed to be and what the Newton was and what it should have been and supposed to be. It really was supposed to be this uh, a little bit more powerful kind of, uh, you know, supplement to your main computer sort of a device versus just sort of a simple organizer. But anyway, you'll okay. just, that term PDA is, is very much used generically. Just like a Kleenex and Scotch tape, right? Yeah, um, and then of course we're gonna we're gonna cover the Palm Pilot. The Palm Pilot, of course, was the most successful um, part of of this, you know, organizers and stuff, and it it grew to dominate the, in that uh, portion of the industry because it um, ran apps. Yeah, well, then it evolved and it became more like a little PDA computer and ran apps and so on. Um, so, all right, well, enough about that. So go ahead, I guess, uh, tell us more about the, from the source of all knowledge about the Sharp Wizard. All right. The uh, Sharp Wizard is a series of electronic organizers released by Sharp Corporation, very popular name. Uh, the first model was the OZ7000, released in 1989, making it one of the first electronic organizers to be sold. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, that. Yeah, and it, yeah, 1989, that's pretty early. Um, the OZ9600 and OZ9600 II were the last in this family of PDA in the Wizard line. Um, later, Wizard organizers were smaller, dispensing with the expansion slot, and soon bore little resemblance to the original OZ-7000. Um, yeah, not much to say on them. A lot of people just know what a PDA is, or even with the younger generation. I mean, this this precedes the latest generation, too. Um, sometimes, even the youngest generation can care less what a PDA is, yep. as long as they have their smartphone. Which is a PDA, Really yep. now, so obviously that the smartphone. Yeah. The Sharp Wizard doesn't take uh, selfies. Well, and so obviously the Sharp Phone took the place of well phones, but cameras, PDAs, um, messenger messaging devices. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some other things too. Uh, video cameras, you know, audio yeah, recordings. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny, and and and. Uh, I'll make myself out to the nerd I was. There was one time when I was in high school um, you know, talking about this stuff that I, because of my electronics class and stuff, I would actually keep a calculator on my belt. Um, that and the fact that I didn't want it stolen. Uh, it was actually you know, a fairly expensive scientific calculator at the time. And I was called a nerd for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and now... Everybody's carrying around their cell phones that have what in them? Scientific calculators. But it's cool now. Yeah. So <laughs> who's the nerd now, right? And everybody's literally carrying them around all the time. Exactly. So, yeah, and, and 
it would always be the geeks or 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 whatever that would be carrying around their uh, cameras all the time because they want to take pictures. Uh, but it's all you know, all all those separate items just came to one device, and now everybody now it's hip to have one and have everything all in one. So, um, so reading a little bit now about the the Palm Pilot. So, the Pilot was the name of the first generation of personal digital assistants. This is according to Wikipedia. This is what they're calling them. Um, manufactured by Palm Computing in 1996, by then a division of U.S. Robotics, the first Palms, the Pilot 1000 and Pilot 5000, had no infrared port, backlight, or flash memory, but did have a serial communications port. The next couple of Palms, the Palm Pilot Personal and Palm Pilot Professional, had backlit screens, but no infrared port or flash memory. And so those two models uh, are, are when it really sort of started taking off uh, for the first time. Uh, they're the ones that uh, we'll see primarily more so like used too on eBay. Yeah, not for very bad prices either. No, you can pick up a lot of this stuff pretty cheap still. I was happy to see the palms because there's just so many of them. And you know what? They're not quite old enough. They're still kind of, you know what? They, they perfectly fit in that category of their trash. <laughs> yeah. Most people still see them as completely disposable. They're absolutely useless, right? Like an old cell phone. Or like an old four-function calculator. Yeah, like they're not even collectible, which they are. But now's a good time to start a really good, you know, Palm PDA collection, organizer collection and such, if you would choose to do that. And in fact, I have, just to mention it, I have my uh, Sharp Zaurus opened and on here in front of me, which I think is pretty cool. So, And I, I know both of us, I think, found one of those on eBay, so we'll talk more about that. Um, yeah, I don't have the older Sharp Zaurus. I have the newer Sharp Zaurus that runs Linux. Oh, that, yeah, that I saw some of those. Into, yeah, I have the 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 original developer's model. Um, yeah, mine's a ZR5000, which I, I yeah. think both of them And yours is more of those. PDA. Mine was more like yeah. an answer to the later Palm Pilots and the Palm OS. And um, But okay, so we'll talk more about those. So go ahead, um, well, take it away. Oh, All you right. found one of the original. Yes, uh, and it was, and, and since it you usually end up getting the newer ones, and I uh, the new auctions, and I get the sold auctions. It works out well between us. I found a sold auction um, for the Sharp Electronic Organizer Wizard OZ seven thousand with its nice uh, clamshell case, but it's sort of a portrait orientation. So it opens up like a book. Yeah, I like, like the way the keys are in the door like that, or the not the door. Yeah, the, the touch cover. screen. They have like the old. Uh, I don't know even. I don't even know if that's a resistive touchscreen. Uh, it might be a capacitive sense, but it's not capacitive touch like modern day tablets that you can do the multi finger type touch. Yeah, oh, you can yeah. actually look if you look at it at an angle, you can kind of see the sensor spots on on that design. I oh right, I, I believe it's capacitive based, um, but it's basically a capacitive overlay over top of you know some printed um, set of icons um, and a small display on this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this looks like, you know, a, a large calculator in a way. It, it's got uh, the, the calculator keys on one side and it's got uh, alpha, alphanumerics, well, it has alphabet in, above that and then above, above that even on the keypad side is all the different buttons to switch to different functions. Now, I don't know personally, this one isn't actually on or running. And it's kind of hard to see in the picture, but whatever's in the touch screen area is that like duplicated buttons there to like the ones in the upper right on the keypad uh so, is this yeah, what it's hard have? to see uh, maybe 
Yeah, it it does look like it in in the. Uh, uh, do you it, think that's just like a help card thing goes there or something? I don't know. It, it does look like uh, it might be a touch uh, area, but looking at the pictures, they're, they're, it's almost like they're washed out. I see images which represent the same buttons on the uh, keypad. Uh, calendar, schedule, telephone, memos, calculator, uh, card file, world time, and uh, I guess an alarm. Yeah button but for 1989 i wouldn't think it'd be like a touch screen sort of thing uh they actually had wristwatches that had touch screens uh, i think casio had a wristwatch calculator that was a touch screen that worked off a similar principle so i i could believe it having that oh i'm di- i'm looking at some uh i went on google and just did some searches yeah it looks like you put little um does it like maybe you just put different little help cards in there or maybe it is an interface. It's really hard to tell. Oh, I see. I see some pictures. Yeah. Is that actually a display? Or... Oh, I, it definitely wow. changes. Are you slide cards in there? There's one that looks like graph paper. Oh yeah. I see it now. There's like a little plastic thing. You oh, you know what? There. Okay. That might be like a configurable keypad. It probably does is touch sensitive, but you put a keypad in for the, uh, yeah. You know, I wonder if the door on this thing flips backwards. You know what I mean? If it flips mm-hmm. around, right. and then it's just only half as wide when you're using it, and these little inserts. Uh, okay, I see a picture of an eBay auction that shows ap- application IC card optional. So that's what it is. It's basically a cartridge. Uh, okay. You can insert a cartridge and make it perform certain functions. Now, I don't know if... Because I couldn't find any... I, I didn't see anything specific for this device in some of the auctions and then i wasn't actively looking but i wonder if you can expand the features of this what's built in with these cards and give it oh yeah so i see i found a picture of one here on uh through google and so like this particular card in here is the iq 7300 protection card and it's got different things so yeah so that was like a expansion sort of a thing this is this is a this is a 7300 model which i guess is just slightly later yeah oh that's interesting they were really i'd like to check it out well that's something for people to look into yeah i see some of those also not too many large pictures of this they're they're all pretty small well here's an 850 by 837 let's see protection card okay yeah it's and this is a calculator one and i'm looking at the hinges on the case and it almost looks like you can fold it back but i don't know for sure but it, it's neat that it has pluggable uh keypads basically it's what it is a pluggable keypad changes changes the functions all right and, so, but the price for this one uh, it's oh yeah it was cheap 250 and that was sold, right? Standard, yeah, it sold for twenty two fifty uh, in November and six dollars and ten cents. I think the person said, uh, "Let's see. I guess you can." Well, this says here you can get an optional thermal printer or, or cassette tape backup for these things. Um, does this say this one worked? And it I just found say, one. Buy it now for twenty bucks. May have $4 shipping, so. cosmetic wear, but fully functional and functions as intended. Okay. 
So there you go. You can buy these things cheap. Yep. And they fit in your shirt pocket. Excellent working condition. I should have chose this one. 20 bucks, man. So anyway, there you go. Do some searching on eBay. And uh, again, here, here you can, this is what started it all for Sharp. You can pick it up pretty cheap. All right. So my first auction for tonight is uh, one of the, what I have sitting in front of me here. So a Sharp Zorus ZR5000 PDA organizer. Now, technically, so so where yours was the beginning of the Sharp Wizards in uh, the late 80s, 89, 90 time frame, this is approximately five, six years later. And this is kind of this device, I guess, at its height for the most part with their own built-in operating system and all. But this really is more almost like a PDA because it has a touch, real touchscreen and a stylus. And I guess... It, it goes a little further to be more like a laptop accessory sort of a thing. Yeah, they they turned it to landscape mode, uh, a form factor. Now we're all yeah, like a little laptop familiar with little uh, clam clam clamshell clam laptop clamshell. Yeah, thanks. So this is a nice little setup here. It says works great. It is in great cosmetic and physical condition. No scratches. See pictures. So it's seventy dollars. Buy it now. It's out of Virginia, so it's eight dollars shipping for me anywhere on the East Coast. But this includes the box. It has the data cable. Looks like a floppy disk. The directions and a fairly high resolution graphic display. Yeah, uh, that it's a nice little a grayscale little display, like page hinges uh, <laughs> for mm-hmm. the on-screen effect of uh, multiple page documents. Oh, and there's a word for that. What is it? Where like they make it, you make a digital representation of uh, the physical type of thing. There's actually a, t- a word for it. I can't think what it is. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I probably heard it before, but can't think of it either. But I really like these. So this is um, so actually when I first started collecting, or you know, shortly after I started collecting computers, I'd wanted one of these, and they, were, they weren't that old then, and they were expensive. But I finally ended up getting a 9500, which is kind of which is the predecessor of this. Um, so basically, this is then there's a 9600, or I think I'm getting the numbers right. Let's just do, I think there's a 9600, 9602, and then this Zorus was sort of the the final version of it with more RAM and everything. Um, and I finally got one of those, but I really well, liked I see it a one lot. here. It was fun to play around with. I see one here, uh, ZR5000 for $23.99. Uh-huh. Buy it now, free shipping. Yeah. So it again, just, you can pick these up cheap. It needs the main memory backup battery replaced. Yeah, and that's easy. Okay, but it doesn't look like it has a stylus. Is it a stylus hidden in the? Uh, it's in the, the front right. Right, right. Oh, uh, it has a stylus. Right at it. Oh, you know, I, I'm half tempted. So this says this auction is for a vintage Sharp Zorus model ZR5000 PDA. It uh, comes with operation manual, stylus, and some other papers and cables. As you see, it goes on a lot, little bit more information. I just in great cosmetic physical condition, no scratches at all. So. Um, there you go. So I think this is, um, you know, was this particular line of organizers or PDAs that significant? Maybe in the history of personal computing, arguably not super significant. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it gives they had their people, place. Yeah, it, it gives people the the feeling of their desktop computer mm-hmm. in in the small form factor, because you have that, you know, that uh, dot matrix display and. Well, and by this point, a lot of the features of this little PDA, let's say, and some other ones were the, you know, these were what ultimately ended up in our smartphones. So maybe an executive here in 1995, 96 may have had a, a, you know, analog cell phone at the time, and then they'd have one of these too. Oh, yeah. And they could probably, if they had data plan of some sort, and they uh, are really cool, connect to it. 
Yeah, and they had those sort of things that you could, uh, I don't know if you could do it with this one, but you could hook your cell phone up to it and like get out that way. Did this have a browser? Now I'm looking, I don't think it had a web. I don't know if it has a browser, but it may have been used to synchronize with your contacts. Yeah. Because some of these are sold with the serial cable. So they probably synchronize with a piece of software on the desktop somewhere. Yeah, that Uh, is definite. With all the Palm Pilots and and these guys too. And your other older sharps. So what's your next one? Well, I think I went uh, another stage up from the 5000. The new Sharp Wizard OZ730PC. This one actually runs. This is a Sharp Wizard, but it this might actually go out of the realm of this uh, episode of this podcast. Oh, it's episode. not that old. And it runs Windows 95. Does it really? But, yes. <laughs> it says, uh, oh, or, or does it? Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Uh, maybe I'm reading the wrong line here. Maybe they want. Yeah, Windows these guys are worth a lot of money, aren't they? Like, there's some brand um, new ones for like two hundred and forty dollars and such. Let's see, customize. See, I can't see this one operating. Uh, Sharp PDA. No, okay. It needed uh, Windows ninety five to sync with. Yeah. Um, here I thought it had that kind of display. Uh, let's see, the seven thirty. I'm gonna just quickly click on one of these other ones that have the seven thirty. Running. I'm surprised that some of these are getting that much money. Yeah, what's so special about them? Are they hackable? Maybe. Because it's still pretty old, 20 years old, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, if it came out with Windows 90, around Windows 95 time, so it's about 20 years old. Yeah, but it seems a lot of these are available new. I don't see any used ones coming up in a list it's almost like these were either never released and stashed away uh and and somebody picked up a warehouse deal yeah yeah and so they adopted that same little laptop form factor but then they went to silver and then uh a little bit more sleeker thinner thinner cases and all yeah i picked it because of its high price tag basically it's like there are some uh, PDAs out there that still command a high price for whatever reason. Uh, it's up to the listener to figure out. Well, here's a Sharp Wizard OZ750. Yeah, I see some 770s. They seem a lot cheaper. It's almost like uh, the 730 must have had something special about it that people like. I don't know what, I don't know why, but it's just amazing to see this. Huh. 17 bids, $121. What makes it so special? I don't know. Might Let's be worth see. looking into sometime. Gee, Amazon even sells them still. Huh. Uh, 22 customer reviews. <laughs> it says, uh, I got this not... Okay, this, somebody got this back in 99? Yeah, Amazon? I can believe that. They, that makes sense. That These are probably what they were selling. Got this needing much more than a simple device for memos. Now I find the PDA I use the most. The keyboard, while not perfect, is easier than writing on the screen. I love the Palm series. Also, has plenty of memory for what I need to do. Yeah, I'm reading some of the reviews here. Um, but what makes them so popular now? Well, here's somebody put it <laughs> August 17th, 2012. <laughs> I love this electronic daytime organizer. It's small, it's handy, I can carry it in my purse. It has lots of memory and tons of functions built into one. The calendar, scheduling area, birthdays and anniversaries. <laughs> there are some I people have that to wonder if this was planted here. 
Yeah, well, when the i when the seven thirty developed a power button problem after a dozen years or more of dealing, okay, somebody's actually putting uh, they put a review in uh, in two thousand twelve. I guess after about a dozen years of use. No. Wow. Okay. Right. We're still buying them in 2012, brand new, uh, on Amazon. You can still get them on Amazon for a used price of 72.15. Yeah, that's not good. But it's funny. It's like it makes you almost wonder what what makes these cost a lot more than some of the other ones. You know, what's the trick? So I'm gonna move to our next one. This is our first Palm Pilot, and this is a real good. Um, this is a pretty good buy here, good auction or you know purchase on eBay. Well, yeah. So this well, is a Palm Pilot Professional with Sync Dock Stylus, two cases, manual box, CD, three com. That's the title. Used. It's on sale for thirty seven forty nine. Buy it now with free shipping out of Massachusetts. And um, so this is like the second revision of the original Palm Pilot, so it's still the original form factor. But this comes with the box and documentation, and of course the again the sync cradle and a case and and all that stuff. CD. So. $37, that's pretty good. You know, I think I think that's pretty good. And the slim carrying case for it. And, you know, this is, this, I would say this device is very um, important within the realm of uh, the history of personal computing because this is really what changed things for the Yeah, this the is the first ones I've seen uh, when they were so new. I didn't even know what I was observing when I saw people using it. And, the, and you know, the Palm created, as you said, like some of the first uh, app stores. Well, I don't, actually, I don't know if they were at an app store. You could buy apps. I guess you bought them in the store, though. You didn't buy them online. Well, you right? could. I think you transferred them from you your PC. You could download them. Yeah. But, yeah, you would have to transfer it to the PC. But you had um, applications that you could you could put on them. What and, were they? Uh, PRC files or something like that? Is that what I'm thinking of? No. PDB. And then as we move forward in some other shows, um, hopefully we can find some on eBay or we'll talk about it. But, you know, arguably one of the first true smartphones in the United States was a Palm-based phone from uh, from Palm, but it was a, a Trio. I think that was yes. 2002. I actually have one or two of those. I had one and the hinge broke. broke and, uh, uh, which I have it, one. One of the buttons is bad. Yeah. But again, this one's only thirty-seven forty-nine, um, and it's a complete set. Not so, bad if you need a piece of history. To no, I think you know. Again, cheap. You can really, you can really start a little collection of these things for not for a lot of money. And you can actually, and I bet you, does it say it works? I'm sure it does. Let's see. Uh, the touchscreen is good. Comes with the box and manual. Yeah, so it works. And now, you know, they're fairly use, simple devices. These use AA batteries, right? Or AAA um, batteries? I would they think so. Char- I don't remember. Yeah, they weren't char- not the earliest ones. Later ones were chargeable, now which I assume a lot, a lot of, those of those maybe are dead now. Well, they could be if you didn't keep up with them, but there you can get those batteries replaced. Yeah, I think they just use standard NICAD, um, double A size solderable NICADs, and now you can get them in uh, um, nickel metal hydride, which would last longer but can still recharge on the same circuit. So take it away. Okay. Did you find I one picked, too? I, yep, one that sold. Uh, this one pilot. is basically just the Palm Pilot with the carrying case, the, the uh, sink cradle, and um, the graffiti reference card. Oh yeah, look at that. That was a this deal. is basic, simple, but 
at fourteen dollars it sold for. Now it was four ninety five or nine. I'm sorry, nine forty five for shipping from for me. But you can get these cheap if you just want a piece of history. Yeah, I don't have a cradle. It looks really cool sitting in the cradle. Yeah, it's like it, that wavy base on it just fits seamlessly. I think they tried to get some design ideas from Apple with that. I remember I was in IT support in the early 2000s to mid-2000s, and um, lots of people had had palms. And, uh, and of course, the big thing was um, a lot of them had the earlier serial cradles, and they had to use the... Um, and a lot of the people I supported had Macs, so they had to um, get the adapters, you know, from serial to USB. Because okay, yeah, remember, uh, or could couldn't serial adapt old, to? Huh? Couldn't serial also adapt to the Apple Talk port, or was there a serial? There was a serial-based port that, um, um, but not, I know not you not would hook a modem anyway. into. Yeah, and that was compatible to the well that's older standard. yep okay that oh, was older even older but remember in 98 with the iMac first and then later with the power Macs and so on then apple dumped all the old legacy connectors so they only had usb and a lot of people still had uh you know serial uh cradles and there was always a hassle um it wasn't a problem to get them to work but i just remember there's a lot of hassle and um they were finicky and stuff They'd stop working. You had to fool around with them to get them sinking again. Different things like that. That Palm desktop, <laughs> but yeah, that was a good buy there. Yeah, for fourteen or fifteen bucks plus shipping, uh, not too bad. But not not as good a deal as that other one that's available now, um, because once you get shipping accounted for here, you get a whole bunch of extra the books and boxes if you you know collect in that fashion. All right. Looking at the back of this one here. Okay, that's how the batteries went in. Not one of those covers that you always ended up breaking the tab after about a month, but it actually had a slide-in cover, which probably was easier on the, the latch tabs. Anyway. So my next, the next one I found it was another, it was a later version. I hadn't really uh, paid attention or seen this one before. So this is a, the Sharp Zaurus, but this is the ZR3000K PDA with box management and software, it says. And that it's $39.99, buy it now, still active, uh, $10 shipping. Um, so this one, oh, so it has a bigger screen? It, it really, the display looks about the same as like my 5000. It looks like it's a grayscale screen. Well, so is the 5,000 here. Okay. So maybe it's slightly bigger. Oh, and it's got larger, like... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the picture on the box. It looks like it is pretty large. Yeah, it's just a larger format. And the way the hinges is a little bit different. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what all was different about it. It's just bigger. Bigger is better. But another example, um, again, 40 bucks. you can pick it up cheap. Not too exciting uh, to talk about. Not much more to say about it. No, this is just has pretty pictures on it. And this is uh, if you, know, you still use one of these, this unit could make a good backup or replacement for a broken unit. That's of a course. That's a description. <laughs> is someone really going to? Who, who's selling it, Captain Obvious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obsolete treasures. And I see down below it, you know, where it recommends other ones. Here's uh, so here's one you had mentioned, Casio. They were they were also. You know, a lot of very prominent. So the Casio, Casiopedia. So you said you mentioned the boss, and the Casiopedia was the other sort of. Actually, um, that's Casiopeia. Is it? Yeah. Oh, just what? like the 
just like the uh, uh, constellation. Oh, you're right. It sure is. Well, you know, I always thought it was Cassiopeia, and it's funny. It's one of those things where you just you see what you want to see. It rolls off the tongue. Yep. Oh, so this this particular one has Windows CE, so that was a later version. Yeah, so there's just Cassio lots of these. Into that, they actually, I think, where Sharp ended one thing, Casio moved on mm-hmm. to try to turn them into mini computers, and Windows CE made it easy to do that. Well, and that's when they they actually started to transcend being organizers a little bit more. Of course, they yes. got more expensive, um, but right, they were still trying to find that niche of a uh, price point, capabilities, you know, size. You know, for for someone to buy one of these versus they they have a laptop that's you know light enough or small enough to do everything to take it with them all the time. Um, you know, and then of course by the two thousand stuff with your cell phone, doing more and more. Yep. All right. So what's your next one? The next one is something I picked because I actually have one of these. Oh, do you really? Yes, uh, but unfortunately, there's a problem. Um, oh, these are man. Those... I bought one of these when it was when they were brand new. I got them for a reduced price. I think I bought mine for 150 bucks, which at the time was about 50 dollars off. But this is a. It's made by Fossil. It's called the Abacus. It is a wrist PDA that runs Palm OS three. Uh, and it's basically a full-fledged Palm Pilot on your wrist. Um, the display is 320 by 320 pixels, uh, but because of its size, it has a default um, icon size for the main page. You can see in the – well, it's not really the – I tried to find one with the display all running, but this one just has the little clear plastic overlay that simulates a display. Mm-hmm. But you can see the icon orientation two by two. It defaults to that. It's a special display. It's actually an enlarged display orientation. But you can change that and press and put it back to the original 320 by 320 pixel display, which basically meant you got, what, three across and four down or three across and three down on on the square display. So the icons would be a lot smaller. But this was a fully functioning. Everything you can do with, like, say, a Palm 3, mm-hmm. you could do with this wristwatch. It even had the IR blaster or IR stuff on it. Um, there's buttons on the sides that control certain functionality. So you don't need to pull out the stylus all the time. Uh, the middle right button is actually a rocker button. It goes up and down to page up and down through whatever screen you're on. And then you can press in on it to select it. So you can actually choose apps by scrolling up and down with that rocker button. Um, if you needed a stylus, you can of course grab any, uh, you know, pencil tip that you wanted, but in the, um, in the band itself, there is a aluminum. It's an aluminum uh, clasp, but in there, there's aluminum thing that slides out, and then you swing out this little plastic. It, it, it like swings out 180 degrees, a little plastic stylus, and you can tap on the screen with that, and then you can fold that back up and slip it right into the clasp again, get it out of the way. Hmm. Now, what happens with these over time? Um, mine, let's see, the one on this picture it has the black. Um, leather band mine actually has like the gator skin brown band it's this one is the on the auction is the au 5005 i have the au 5006 and really the difference is the band um the problem is over time if you don't keep it charged all the time the battery goes bad um but people have discovered you can take the battery from an old iPod or those small button style batteries, solderable button style batteries from an iPod and actually put them in here. 
so you can replace the battery. The other thing that goes wrong with these is the touchscreen is actually designed. It's it's a plastic surface with like a very thin layer of I think it's like an oil of some sort. Um, I don't know electrically how they function, but I know it's got some material in between the outer plastic and the, and the, the touch response area. And sometimes they dry out um, or they go bad. Unfortunately, mine, and I've already had it apart to see if it was like dirt getting in, causing problems. My stylus only works on half the screen now. Uh. So I can't do everything. Um, plus, I haven't charged it in a while. So the only way to keep it running is just to keep it plugged in. But it uses a, a mini um, USB connector. But it was the greatest thing. I mean, I, I used to have a Palm 3 before this. And now I, you know, I had used the wristwatch for the longest time. Didn't even touch my Palm 3. And then, of course, you know, things grow up and technology gets better. But I still have this. If it worked fully, I could probably get. And look how much you're going for. Huh? On yeah, brand new or this one is used, isn't it? Yeah, this one's used. But in the box and all, so that it says four ninety nine ninety nine. I think he's a little high on his prices. I think the other ones are selling for two ninety nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can still get them brand new, the five thousand six, five thousand seven series, uh, for two ninety nine. Wow. Um. It, it. It's at that price. You're just paying paying it because you want it you're not paying it to collect it mm-hmm. uh, if it was less uh you could probably get it and have some sort of collector's value but these were very unique um but oh, i'm sorry it wasn't 320 by 320 it was 160 by 160 uh display the sony's palm, uh, palm pilots or the palm os devices they did the 320 by 320 uh, but this one is the 160 by 160 pixel display. Basically, it's a Palm 3 on your wrist. And people used to complain that it was really thick when it first came out. And now you have these smartwatches uh, that are just as thick. And nobody's complaining. Yeah. yeah. The, the, these are unique devices. I wish mine worked better. But you know, I still have it. it. It's in great condition other than the operability I could probably sell it just, you know, for somebody to have a new band or a decent band in a decent case. I could probably get a hundred bucks for that alone. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, I did, wasn't aware of of these, and uh, that is pretty neat. And of course, it's uh, it's interesting that Fossil made it. And as it turns out, a quick search on eBay, there's some other Fossil what they're what they call smart watches that yes. apparently they they've been making this business uh, abacuses for a little while. And they make a current they, they one. They tried different designs, and I think Foss also did something similar to what you get out of like the uh, uh, those pebbles or whatever those yeah, now they're smartwatches too, were. Yeah, uh, they they had basically a, an informational watch which received data from your mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Which of course these they're calling smartwatches, which arguably maybe they are, but they're not smartwatches in the sense of what you think of a uh, a modern tethering watch is what a modern smartwatch yes. is. So, um, that is pretty neat. So I would love to see one of those work. I would say if you like the Palm stuff and you see one of these for a hundred bucks, it's probably got collector value at a hundred bucks if it works. So let's see. The last one is mine. Oh, so this is what I did here. So, um, 
So again, to, to break into the hobby of collecting uh, organizers and, and PDAs or Palm Pilots, uh, specifically Palm Pilots, I did a search on uh, eBay, so the, so the link is there for my auction, and it's Palm Pilot New under PDAs. And so as of right now, this moment, there's 39 results. And so just to give you an idea, you can buy oh, okay. a brand new sealed these. Palm Pilot Tungsten you know, in its packaging, $52, free shipping, or best offer. Uh, another one, $50, buy it now. Um, a Zier 21, brand new, and it's still um, blister pack. Uh, $35 are best offer. That was one of their, their low-cost later versions. Um, yeah, they're not really worth a whole yeah, lot. There's, I, uh, I have a bunch of I have the handspring visor. Now, you may be looking at a slightly different Oh, and I, the, right, the visors. Also, there's a couple of uh, new box visors. visors. I have the Platinum 16 megabyte version and i have the clear uh eight megabyte version yeah very neat um, and i also have a gps module for that too um and let's see down this list i got the 105 uh the palm pilot 105 uh, i got the zero 71 uh the palm pilot i don't have the m5 515 i have the m100 uh, let's see. I also have one of the color, the M, that wasn't the M105, was it? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I have actually a fair amount of these. I just, I, I used to pick them up at flea markets because these, you know, the a new one cheap. would come out and, and yeah, you can get them really cheap. But my, my Zier, my, my Palm Zier, not, I mean, was it Palm Zier? It's been so long. The, the, the Z-I-R-E, I always called that Zire, but you know, tomato tomato right okay palm zire zero um i have the blue one that's listed here the um the 71 i found that 10 15 years ago at a flea market guy wanted five bucks for it and he just had that device mm-hmm. and at the time five bucks was a steal whether it worked or not yeah kind of make it work well i brought it home and i found a charger that fits in it and it worked right away uh so that was a great deal so I had my first color Palm Pilot with that. Wow. Yeah, those are pretty nice. Those are the low-cost ones, but those were nice for color. And they have kind of a shark skin feel to them. The paint on it, it's like mm-hmm. a shark skin. It's got that tacky feel to it, but tacky, not sticky. And uh, the let me go back to it. The visors, which were made by Handspring, is uh, Handspring was a company by... Um, I believe it was it was two of the guys from Palm. I believe two of the actual founders left Palm because they didn't like the direction it was going in because of um, sounds 3Com. like the old Atari story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think U.S. Robotics bought them and 3Com bought them. That one company, and so then they left and they started Handspring, and they they were able to still license the Palm OS, and so then they made their Visor series, and then and then ultimately they made the Trio. And then Palm purchased Handspring, and then they kept the Trio name. And those were the, the Trios were of course the smartphone Palm, based yes. smartphones by by Palm there. But there you go. So you, do, you can do a search, and you can find, you can find these things pretty cheap to get started if you're interested. Yeah, I have. Like I said, I have the GPS module for my visor, and it's 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 pretty nice. I I, I bought the uh, GPS thing. At the time, at a uh, ham fest back in nineteen, or, I'm sorry, two thousand two, uh, and it was like being sold for fifty bucks, and that was a steal at the time too. 
Uh, I found out later that whoever marked it 50 bucks at that ham fest table marked it wrong. Uh, um, the, the owner of the table said it was supposed to be 150, but I only heard that in, you know, passing. Right. I already made the purchase <laughs> and they sold it to me for 50 bucks. So, oh. uh, you know, you sometimes you come across deals like that. Yeah. I just thought, okay, somebody just wanted to get rid of them. No big deal. I didn't realize that, uh, I didn't have enough money to buy all well, three of them he had on the table, but I got what I wanted, I got one and I got it for a good price and it worked. And that was my GPS for a little while. Sometimes shows like that too. Uh, cause it happened to me before. If you, you, know, you hang around, uh, near the end of the day and people don't want to take stuff home, even though they were trying to get a hundred or plus dollar, they just yeah. here, 20 yeah. bucks, take it. Prices, prices inversely proportional to size. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if, if it's, it's really heavy big. and whatever, <laughs> they just assume give it away almost. They'll, they'll pay you to take it home for, <laughs> so as far as values well you know you, you can get a a, a palm-based pda or uh, uh or just a a regular organizer type pda for really cheap yeah 20 uh, to 50 dollars maybe right depending so on what you're talking about it's a good value yeah so you can start a collection of these you know for not a lot of money so Jeff, do we have any uh, any special comments on Facebook at all? Well, let's see. I had turned to Facebook, and the last entry is the episode fifty-two. Uh, let's see, one comment, one comment, and that was by me. <laughs> um, the, you put down there that uh, um, let's see, something to give to a loved one or just something you can gift yourself. And I mentioned there's no shame in gifting things to yourself. Right. But we got uh, 14, 15, 16 people liked it. Uh, not much to say, but uh, and yeah, we get regular. email. Email's a little still dry. The only thing we have in our email is when people uh, like, like the post or follow the post in Twitter. Oh no, and, and I that's can't, your segue to Twitter. And I can't get in. See, hold on, I see if I can get in <laughs> there. Uh because I switched computers and I don't have the password saved now. Let me just do a search for it, the account. So I won't go in as a admin or whatever. Let's see. Uh oh, well, I just noticed the last tweet that we did was of course about episode fifty two, which was the retro computing gift ideas. And so this isn't specific to uh so as far as I know, there's nothing, no new activity on Twitter per se, but I did go to Bed Bath & Beyond today and I just want to mention, so I, uh, one of my ideas was, uh, you know, the Atari Flashback 7. Yes. So, so our local Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, as of today, they, they had a bunch of those. They're $39.99. So if you use a 20% off coupon, you know, that's only $32. That's not bad. Not bad um, at all. And they also had the Sega, um, console. I think it's like 60 games or whatever, so $39.99. And then uh, they have the little handheld Sega. And then, you know, they have a handheld version of the Flashback. I, I bought know, it. I, I think we talked about that last time. For 30 bucks. Okay. So I didn't know it's if we... It's on sale at Toys R Us right now for 30 bucks. That's like $20 off their normal price. Or no, yeah. Uh, yeah, $20 off. Anyway, um, it's... It's great. It has a whole bunch. It has like 60 building games. It has the same kind of menuing system as all the other um, systems that the same company makes uh, where you page through all the different cartridge ends and look at the title. But it also supports 
SD cards. So you can get, um, you can take an SD card and download a lot of those Atari 2600 emulator files in the .bin format. format. Really? And then play it on it? And then you can, now I haven't, haven't tested it because I only got mine last night, but I was too busy with my, my finals this week. Um, but you, you can put the uh, bin files on an SD card, stick it in there, and one of the game I- items is the SD card. So instead of like choosing Adventure or whatever, you can choose SD card, and it's supposed to give you a list. And you can choose one of those. Now, not all of them will play. I hear for one thing, it's only got one joystick functionality because of the controller that's built in. So you right. won't be able to play games that use two joysticks, like uh, I think Wizard of War. I think Wizard of War uses two joysticks. Yeah, because you got to play against somebody else. And uh, Raiders from the Lo- Raiders of the Lost Ark is a two joystick game. Um, that won't work. Although I hear people are already starting to hack the system because there might be something on the circuit board that will let you um, wire in a second joystick, like an external joystick or something. And the screen's not bad. Uh, it, it's, it's a decent size, but it also has AV out with an optional cable. You can hook it up to your TV. And I played a few of the games. They sound quite original. They look quite original. I don't know if... I, I would assume they're running original ROMs because... Why else would it be able to play the bin files? Yeah. If it couldn't play original ROMs. Um, now, the one that you got, you got the little, like the tabletop version that plugs into your TV. Right. The only bad thing I heard about those are those infrared joysticks, that they have a huge lag oh, on them. Oh, right. But they they thought ahead of time on this one, they actually have the 9-pin joystick port, so you can plug in the old Atari joysticks, and they say that runs rock solid. Hmm. Or well, unless somebody finds a way to wire the wireless ones into those but it's neat that they're they're coming out with these <laughs> the atari's up to version seven but yeah the portable one i i like it it's it's nice i also have the portable sega one too got that last year my son said he has it <clears throat> he took it from me did we have any uh, email uh no it's, it's been it's quiet yeah it's the holidays it, it lets us know when people like something on twitter and that's what we got so that's pretty much going to wrap it up then for show 54. Yes. So we've done a lot of shows now and um, we're about to, this will be the last show of this year. So our next show, 55, will be, um, we'll be recording and releasing on Sunday, January 1st, 2017. Or maybe 56, but this one will probably be yeah. the next. 55 might be the next one. It might take some time to arrange uh, another recording session with Todd um, to get that next episode. So, uh, that one will most likely, uh, be 57. Okay. No, 56, 56. So we have covered a lot of things. The, the first tier of personal computing, because we didn't cover every single computer, but we covered a lot of them covered the second tier. And, and really with, uh, I think we're going to end up having two more shows that conclude the third tier. So with the next show, we're moving into the world of the smartphone, which is represents the final evolutionary step of the third tier of personal computing, which is basically where we, we all use that today, of course. Pretty much everybody yes. has a smartphone. And then after that, we'll have our predictions show, right? <laughs> yeah. What would the future well, we'll, be? I think we'll start. We're, I think we're going to cover some game consoles. Okay. And, um, and then, hey, and then we're going to move into maybe just some other specialty shows. We can have a lot, have some fun with different content and stuff. But um, yeah, I believe. Uh, you know, did I not break it down into what we're 
we're covering it specifically. But anyway, we'll worry, worry about that. But I think we're doing at least two more shows about smartphones. Oh, actually, I take it back. We will probably... I think it would make sense, right, Jeff, that we do one show... So we're going to do some of the early smartphones next t- show, and then we'll do a, uh, maybe we might even do four shows then, because um, we, I think we should definitely do a show about Android phones and a show just about iPhone. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you I, say? Yeah, that that would definitely be the way to do it, just to keep them. Because their own, even though they have the same purpose, they have two different ways of doing yeah, it. Yeah, there's been a lot of different models, and you know we're, we're nine years in on the iPhone. You can also talk about BlackBerry, too. That's not... Yeah. Insignificant. No, you're right. So we'll talk more about that and we'll work it out. But uh, yeah, I think we should spend. In some fact, good time I have here. a BlackBerry here. <laughs> I have one. My I have an original. Found one. one. We were like I said, we were cleaning up stuff and we found an old BlackBerry. I have one of the original uh, ones. Um, I don't have one of the original ones. This one has that little touch pad area, not the rolly ball. Yeah, uh, but it has a touch pad area, the the thumb pad area that I guess it's sensitive to fingerprint. Well, mine has the thumb wheel. On the side. Yeah, I remember those. I had one of those. I had, I think it was the 9500, 9300. I forget. It, it was, was like a 9000 series. Uh, but that, that little thumb wheel was pretty neat. And then dirt gets into it. Then it feels like you're rolling around a piece of sand. Yeah. But it's kind of like, especially now, sort of forgotten. And it really was a great design. I would almost go so far to say it was up there with like the, um, you know, the, the iPod wheel. Um, it was just a really, you know, you'd see people checking their email and you got to say, wow, that was a, that's a great idea to be able to move up and down through your email and stuff. That's what it was yep. really good at. You know, yep. a, lot, a lot of those early Blackberries, they weren't good on the web, but they were good with email you know, management and so on. Well, that's what they were for. They, people who needed to text and contact other people really quick. That's basically the driving force behind the Blackberry OS. So remember, you can find all of our show notes at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. You can send feedback to feedback at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, always feel free to send us, uh, you know, text by email. But you can also make comments on the webpage, um, comments on Facebook, or you could send us audio to our uh, email address. And uh, visit us on Facebook or Twitter or, or Google Plus even and discuss things in the discussion group which is, uh, there's always links on the show notes, the Vintage Computer Forum, um, and links to Facebook and Twitter, too. Any last words, Jeff? Yeah, it just dawned on me. Yeah? We ought to start checking the comments on the website, too, and adding it to Oh, we list. haven't done that in a while, have we? I think when, when you mentioned about the uh, um, sending us audio, and I think you even saw or responded to this. I'm not sure. Uh, somebody tried to do that. Oh, and I guess our email doesn't accept large format uh, or large size attachments, and that's what became the problem. Oh, really? Is um, that recent? Uh, maybe maybe that was before. You know, it's been so busy for me, uh, and me you know too. what it's like now with, with school. Yep. Uh, even now, I'm in the middle of taking finals. <laughs> I got to go back to them before. And I have two assignments due on Tuesday. That it's just, so as I get this posted tonight, I'm going to at least prep a little bit. Because I don't want to be. Because usually, what happens, of course, is it's you know I get home from work Tuesday and I spend the entire evening finishing said assignments to barely yeah. get them turned in in time. Wait, wait to the last minute. So you, your deadline's Tuesday, my deadline's tonight at midnight. Yeah, mine is midnight usually on Tuesdays at uh, Central Time, which gives me an extra hour. That's one a.m. my time, and so a lot of times I'm barely getting done by one a.m. and then I I go to bed and then I have to get up at by six, and so I, I'm exhausted, not getting enough sleep, and so on. But you know. It's fun. 
It's yeah. worth it. I'm enjoying it. Seriously, no, I am enjoying it, but it's it's challenging. Anyways, what else was I going to say? That's it. Oh, about the audio, though. Just um, We'd love to get some audio, and we'd love to play it on the show. So remember, you can also use uh, Dropbox. Basic Dropbox functionality is free, and as well as basic Google Drive. I know there's... There's a few other and yeah, and email us the link to Dropbox. Yeah. That's how we share documents for the show and other things. So you could always just upload it there and then send us links, and we could then you make it semi-private. It. You know where, uh, unless you have the link, you won't know where it's at. So security through obscurity. Yep, that's how all of us hide from the NSA. That's right. <laughs> we just cover our eyes and say, "You can't see me." <laughs> So that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. Always fully research all of your purchases and sellers first before buying. See you next time. See ya.